Hey, are you ready to grow your business? You have checked out the number one resource for business leaders, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and managers. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business with real actionable steps. There's no fluff in this podcast. It's just good advice. Check out this episode. If you're a first-time listener, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, leave us a five-star review. Today's episode, we're sitting down with Vian Smith, who's the founder of The Marketing Zoo. And we're talking about that big, hairy, confusing mess that is marketing. Sometimes when you think about your business, and especially when you think about marketing, it's like, where do I start? Do I need to be on social media? Do I not need to be on social media? What the heck even is my brand? How do I build my brand? How do I get people knowing who I am? And more importantly, how to buy from me? whether that's digital, in person, on a shelf, and what have you. There's all sorts of things that go into the complexity of running your business and, more importantly, handling the marketing of your business. And we're going to be talking about how you can make it simpler and understand it better on a day-to-day process. Stay tuned. Here comes your good advice. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. We're going to be talking about all sorts of things today. We're going to be talking about entrepreneurship. We're going to be talking about branding in a post-COVID world. And more importantly, that social media account that you've been just letting sit there and you've been thinking, I need to get more active on it. I need to post more often on it. I got to build my brand on it. This thing that can feel really clunky and confusing and how do I really use it effectively? We're going to be talking all about that today. I'm sitting down with Vian Smith, who is joining us all the way from the Netherlands. He's the founder of The Marketing Zoo. It's an international marketing, branding, and events company. It's founded all the way over actually in South Africa. But as I mentioned, Vian is joining us from the Netherlands. Vian, it is so great to have you here today. Welcome. Hey, Blake. Thank you so much. It's such an awesome time to be chatting to you. I'm, I'm excited. You know, one of the joys of the podcast is I get to have people on the podcast who um, are all over the world. And so uh, it is so great to have you here on the show. And um, I actually have never been to the Netherlands. I mentioned before we hit record, my brother lives in Denmark. Um, what, what's even the weather like? Is it cold? Is it fair? I mean, what, what's life in the Netherlands like? Well, you know, I think life in the Netherlands is is much like four seasons in one day. Um, Everyone (laughs) told us that, but I I didn't believe it until we got here. Um, But we we experienced the same in South Africa, in Cape Town specifically. So you would have literally like we had um, on the Saturday, we had like snow. And then the next day, it's um, sunshine and you can actually be outside with shorts. Um, But life in the Netherlands is very, it's very great. Um, It's good. The quality of life is fantastic on this side. Um, it's it's very much yeah it's very very much back to basic living. People here drive around on bicycles and walk around and use public transport. So car use is limited here. You actually get taxed on on car usage. Um, yeah, so yeah, I, th- I think we, we we're enjoying it. We're quite new, quite newbies in the Netherlands and in Europe, and and it's it's quite a move from very hot South Africa. Uh-huh. Currently in the Netherlands, we're going into spring, so the summer is coming, and that's amazing because winters can get really cold on this side. Now you mentioned to me that you had just moved to the Netherlands in January. Uh, what what caused the move? What caused you to move away from your home base in South Africa, especially where your company started and continues to be headquartered? 
Um, is this part of what you're doing with making your business more international? I, I'd just be curious to know more about that. Yeah, it's definitely part of a of a, um, a strategy of, of the, for development in the business, but also it's it's always been a lifelong dream to to live international, live abroad, and get that international experience. I think uh, living in the in the same country for so long it also limits you. It's it's more or less basically the same as as um, working in a business without growing there. You hit a ceiling. And I think personally and um, on a business level, we that's what happened in back in South Africa for us. Um, yeah, when, when I turned 30 uh, about two years ago, I, I say to myself, you know what, there's, there's got to be more to life. It's, it feels like if you've reached that point where you just need a little bit more excitement and it feels too young to, to be on this age just to settle now. And that's when we, um, yeah, we we discovered some opportunities in in the Netherlands. Uh, we built up a client base uh, with, with COVID, uh, especially internationally with COVID. It helped a lot because all of a sudden they didn't even, um, no one minded from where you work. So yeah, I think the the move is definitely um, we it we opened our branch. So in South Africa, the the business is quite established. We've got a whole head office there with people working, and I then moved over to the Netherlands to open our branch here. So for me personally, it's an it's an exciting journey of of developing a brand, and it's also a humbling experience. If you if you ever thought that you have arrived in your own country, when you move over to a new country. You start from the bottom, so it's quite a humbling experience. So yeah, it's it's quite a life journey. So we're talking a little bit about the marketing zoo. Uh, I'd love to hear more about what this business is. What do you do? Uh, your work feels more important than ever. It feels like so many people right now they've. Um, it's kind of like the people in the '90s who were like, ah, "Do you really need a website?" And then ten years later, it's like, "Yes, you need a website." It feels like similarly, that's how people have been with social media and just their digital presence, especially with COVID. Now people are like, oh, I absolutely need to have a digital presence and a way for people to buy online from me and things like that. Tell us a little bit more about the marketing zoo. Yeah. So the marketing zoo, uh, we say that we do marketing in its wildest form. And it's literally what we do. We do any type of marketing. Um, we, we like to push the limits in building the brands. And it is, it's such an interesting industry um, to see how how the trends have changed over the years, uh, especially now. Yeah, definitely with COVID. I mean, in, in the last two years, things have changed drastically. The digital era just exploded. But on the same side, it is so interesting to see how more of the traditional media is playing a bigger role again. So um, they, we, we reached a point in the marketing industry where, where social media was the, the all and everything. Um, you had to be on social media and you could actually cut your, your expenses on any other types of marketing. There was a point like that. But it's also now, it's, it's getting back to a place where you just have to always have that holistic uh, strategy of marketing. So for instance, I mean, there's, you cannot, I always tell to, to big um, companies as well, if you want to be a leading brand, can you really afford it to not be on something like uh, a billboard or uh, some people on social media specifically, a lot of people say, you know what, um, I'll just focus on, on Facebook and Instagram because it's the most popular platforms. But as a leader in the industry, can you really afford not to be on Twitter, for instance? So the marketing industry is something that changes very quickly. Um, and it's yeah, you have to adapt to that. And with the marketing zoo, we then help our clients to make sure that we reach those goals and to think of all the small things that, that you as an internal uh, company team cannot get to. Now, have you always thought of yourself as an entrepreneur? I mean, how, how did the dream of the marketing zoo come about? It's just amazing how things in life just works out. Um, I, 
I, I come from a um, from a family that is quite you know, uh, strong on entrepreneurship, but I was also very happy at at a previous company. The main turning point for me came when there was no growth. Um, I was actually, if, if I think back, if that company awarded me with a little bit of, of growth potential, I would have stayed there. It's, it's not, I haven't always had the dream of becoming an entrepreneur and building my own thing. It's something that happened from, um, from like the environment forcing you into, into a decision like that. So, um, yeah. And so I reached a point where there was no, any possibilities for growth and i started my own company and it was yeah it's 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 also it was a very humbling humbling experience because i i had a, a marketing degree i ha- i was i was quite um, developed in my work as well and then i decided to um yeah to to pull away from that and start something new and it was it was a struggle the beginning was such a struggle i think a lot of um, a lot of people that that want to become entrepreneurs also don't uh, they underestimate the power of the amount of energy and time that you have to put in to make it work um yeah so it's been a it's it's been quite a long journey it's now 7 years since i started my my own company um but i've never looked back and i and i feel that it happened at the right time i i, I wasn't planning it um and when it happened i just took it on completely and with full force it almost feels like people and you mentioned it a second ago it almost feels like people when they think about entrepreneurship if they haven't ever been an entrepreneur let's say people who are listening right now who they're in their 9 to 5 job and they can feel that similar feeling that you were feeling of this just isn't quite it for me. It's not quite making it happen. It does feel like there's a difference between the people who've actually been entrepreneurs and seen it firsthand um, and the ones who dream about it, who envision entrepreneurship as this very sexy, you make your own hours, it's really great. You, you know, I talked to someone I, who he was saying he just wanted to be an entrepreneur and I said, well, what do you think that means? And he said, it's great. No one tells you what to do and you can just sleep in as late as you want. And I thought, wow, that's a really, that's a really exciting portrayal of entrepreneurship when realistically it's very exhausting and tiring and you never really quite know if your business is going to make it or not. Um, how have you stayed positive and stayed hungry through your entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, you know, Blake, I, it's definitely a situation of um, you have to be ready for the journey. And I, and I really, I always tell entrepreneurs that to make triple sure that that is the, the, the journey that you are on. Um, it is an amazing journey and you have a lot of freedom, but it also comes with a price. I believe everything in life comes with a price. Um, for me, it's, uh, I stay positive as a, cause I see that the change that we, that we're doing in, in not only our clients' life, but also our team. Um, I've always, I was that specific person that, that, uh, resigned from a team because there was no uh, opportunity for growth. So I always try and, and, um, create these new opportunities and, uh, and growth developments for, for my team. And that inspires me a lot. Um, apart from really also when, when clients come to us, they come with a goal in mind and to them, it feel very, um, unrealistic. They feel that it can't be reached. And to see the the change in the attitude when we actually reach those goals, that's always a, a priceless feeling. Um, but yeah, just coming back to to being an entrepreneur, it's definitely um, I, I've I've never uh, slept in late since being an entrepreneur. <laughs> um, I have uh, 
took a lot of I've, I've taken a lot more lunches um than I, I used to when i worked for a company but yeah it, it definitely yeah there's a there's a big responsibility on your shoulders and you have to make sure that it happens on the right time in your life it's not I, i believe a lot of young people are very entrepreneurial driven and which is great i mean people have to be have to be dreaming um but yeah i, I if, if everyone in the world is entrepreneurs the world will also not be turning the way it was <laughs> What are, what are, I mean, it almost feels like not everyone is able to be an entrepreneur. Um, and we've had people who listen to the podcast or we've heard stories of people who they did their own entrepreneurial journey and ultimately they went back to their nine to five job. And it's, it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's just, they decided, you know what, this actually wasn't for me. When you think about people who they want to be an entrepreneur, they want to make their business or maybe their side hustle into their main job. What are some of the things that you think has to happen or some of the qualities that they have to have to be able to take that entrepreneurial vision and actually make it into something tangible and real and successful? No, I think that one of the big things is that you have to differentiate, differentiate between being a, a doer and being a dreamer. Um, it's the easiest thing in the world is, is to dream, but you have to actually be able to do and in, in my situation, I, I felt that when I started my business, I didn't have a specific strategy and goal. Everything wasn't planned out. But when I, when I took on something, um, I just had to make it work. So that doing part, uh, a lot of, uh, well, a lot of the entrepreneurs will also tell you that it's, it's very important to have to have a business plan, budget, all of those things have to be in mind. Um, I just believe that you have to be a really hard worker. You have to push through limits. You have to, to, um, you also have to be a little bit of stubborn on sometimes, and you definitely cannot be too sensitive because you will get a lot of no's. Um, I always have this saying in the beginning of an, an entrepreneur's life and anyone that that's ever gets successful in the beginning, um, yeah, the people, who, who never believed in you will tell everyone how they met you. And that's definitely one of my favorite quotes because in the beginning, there's a lot of people that is just um, not wanting to take take on your company, on your work yet because you haven't uh, had so many successes. And then later on, you see how that changed. So um, yeah, so I think entrepreneurs have to be doers, first of all, not too sensitive, very hard workers. And uh, it, it, will, it will always help if you have like a, um, if, if you could if you could manage to, to do it as a side hustle, that's a great way to start. It's a lot less uh, stressful on finance finances, if you have something strong going on the side. So it all depends on your circumstances. For people who are there, maybe they have that side hustle and they're thinking about leaving that full-time job. It, it almost feels like many entrepreneurs have a similar story in that they were in that nine to five job and it just wasn't, it, it just wasn't clicking for them. And not that they weren't being successful not that they weren't capable of doing the job, but it does seem like there's this energy that's not being harnessed in the corporate world or in certain full-time jobs. And you even said to yourself that there's a multitude of young people who are very entrepreneurial and they have this innovative mindset. Why does it seem like the corporate world is not able to really harness that entrepreneurial energy? Or in your case, what was it about your job that made you think, you know what, this isn't really for me? And made you decide to go start marketing zoo. I think um, I think it's when people don't allow each other to grow. Um, when people, when you actually feel threatened by someone, especially in the corporate world, and um, when you're in a in a managing position, and when you uh, yeah, when 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 you feel threatened by by some of the staff really performing well, they then have that 
whole strategy of pushing those people down and not allowing them to grow a little bit. And that's then when people leave. So, um, yeah, well, that was my experience as, as well in, in a specific corporate environment. Uh, there's a lot of, I know a lot of very um, awesome companies that's, that has an amazing corporate culture and allows for growth. But I think a lot of the, especially on, on, on the older generations, there was a lot of, um, if, if I say you have to do this, then you have to do this. That, that old bossy, bossiness. And that's that's pushing people away. Um, and, and at the end of the day, yes, you don't want to lose that that very high and impactful employees. But if you don't allow them to grow, they will then be pushed away in, in the long run. So I, I think, yeah, it's it's definitely uh, leaders. The leaders makes a difference. And um, my my first priority in my business is not creating sales. I have people doing that for me. My first priority is making sure that I am a leader that actually want to be followed and that people can grow because I don't want to lose my most important employees. And it's a great insight because it does feel like often the sales game drives the mentality of a business at the expense of the employees, you know, where people they're they're just now a means to driving more sales, getting higher numbers, things like that. Let's talk a little bit more about the marketing zoo. So you 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 have this team that you're managing. You're still on your journey of being a more effective leader and a better entrepreneur. Since you are so entrepreneurial, what keeps you focused on the mission of the marketing zoo rather than getting distracted by new ideas? Or maybe I want to go do that. Maybe I want to try something else. How do you stay just totally single-minded on your mission? So what happened to me was um, I haven't always been so single-mindedly focused on my mission. Actually, when I started my entrepreneurial journey, I had uh, well, I from from a young age I I was ex- exposed to a few businesses. But when I left my my job at that specific time, I initially bought a franchise. Um, I had a restraint of trade against me, so I couldn't trade in my specific industry. Um, and I I bought a franchise in the retail industry, and that was a very long two years for me because I had my I had my brand new marketing company on the side which I tried to launch off the ground couldn't get a lot of clients and things and on the other side I had this franchise which from the outside looked amazing it was a beautiful shop um it was a it was a healthy we, we sold like um wraps and sandwiches and healthy smoothies beautiful vibey energetic but it wasn't profitable and um it was a, it was such a long two years i uh, well i definitely paid my my school fees in business in those two years i lost a lot of money because i was also too proud to give up mm-hmm. and that's when i realized that i had to have my focus on one thing uh, it's it's that simple saying of um the plant grows that you water and I, I realized that with having two businesses, I was wanting to have it all. I wanted to have a new company. I also wanted to have a franchise. I wanted to impress people on the one side with this franchise looking great while they didn't believe in my other brand new business. And um, yeah, it, it definitely didn't work out well for me on, on that stage. And, and the, everything changed the moment that I realized I had to put all my energy and focus in one place. So still today, I'm very focused on that. I believe that if we can create exciting enough opportunities um, in our industry, in the marketing industry, and we do events and entertainment, it's there's really no day that's that's boring. I mean, we, we travel a lot, we interact, we uh, we go to a lot of events and things. So I just believe that we have to create it, create it, make it exciting for for us and our employees as well, and then um, yeah, to keep your focus on on the strong points. Well, so for people who are they're thinking about their own business and they're thinking about uh, being more active on social media, 
I'd love to get your take on social media because it feels like this. Um, I mean, your business is called the Marketing Zoo. Social media feels like a zoo. It feels like you know you never really know um, what's happening on it. Um, there's so many different people to talk to. It feels like you're always bumping into someone else, and it seems like everyone, especially new business owners feels like everyone's trying to maximize their return on social media for better or worse. And it, it, you have the new business owner who they, they build up the courage to finally post something and then maybe they delete it or they're like, oh, well, it didn't bring me any revenue. And then you have more seasoned people who are using it really effectively. Um, let me ask you this. It, first of all, first things first, is social media good for our society? <laughs> That's quite a difficult question. Um, yeah, I, I would say, well, it's, I think it, it depends on how you look at it. Um, I believe it is what it is. It's it's something that happened to the world and society. It's something that we cannot force away. Um, I do agree that sometimes it's not the best for for personal, um, yeah, for uh, from a personal side because I think the standards that people evaluate themselves against are very high because people only show their good side on so right. on social media. But the great thing about it that it's that it gets communities attracted to each other. So it's 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 great for interacting with with other people. I mean, we've we've seen in the whole COVID period that that was that was the number one place of interacting with your people and social media is, is much more than just instagram or facebook or tiktok it's there's so many other apps and things for pe getting people connected to each other um on a business side I, I think social media is definitely good for society it gives it gives a business the opportunity to reach a much bigger audience and target um, yeah, and I think it's like everything in life. There needs to be a good balance. Um, if you if you are on social media, hundred percent of your time, and you evaluate everything that you do against uh, people that you see on social media, then it's definitely not going to be good for you because it's not realistic. But if it's something that you use effectively and and that you use for for empowering yourself, it's definitely something that's very um, impactful in your life. Well, so beyond the, um, you know, beyond the positives or negatives on social media as a whole, for business owners who are listening, who are thinking, I, I want to use it effectively. Like, I want to figure this thing out. I want to crack the code on making social media work well for my business. What's the answer? How do how do we, as a business owner, how do I use it well to bring in revenue for my business, to build my brand, to make people see me as a credible person? What does that look like? Well, I think on social media, there's, there's two very important keys. One of them is that you have to be consistent. And the other one is that you have to be interactive. A lot of times um, we, we, we tend to overthink social media. So we, we end up not posting at all because you have this picture in mind. And when you, you don't get there after um, brainstorming an hour or two, then you just leave it. Um, it, it feels tiring. And that's when the opportunity is lost. And I get myself on, on my business, social media, the team that is running it. I mean, we have a strategy and a schedule. Everything is going uh, according to a plan. But on my personal social media, I try to, to post impromptu and see what's happening and then get inspiration from that. And I often find myself in a space where I've over um, I've really overthinked this this post. And um, yeah, I, I, I just end up leaving it because of the amount of effort that went into it. And then if I look at, about it the next day, I felt like I lost the opportunity. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I think we don't have to overthink social media, but it is something that needs to be consistent for, for any business, for small businesses, especially. It's something you cannot only post when you have time. 
we found it, we find that a lot when our clients um, get to us that they in the depending in the in the beginning and in the middle of the month where things are not too busy then there's a lot of posts and content going out then things start to get busy again then content is not being generated and the algorithm the whole algorithm on the different social media platforms works on consistency and then apart from that creating great content so you just have to start somewhere and i also believe that well it depends there's also there's a lot of different opinions about it but i believe that social media should not be your biggest driving force for sales social media is all about brand exposure um if you you also get people that that say i'm going to i'm going to try the social media out for the next 3 months and if i if i don't get a lot of income from that i'm going to stop that and i don't think that's the that's the right approach to have um if you get extra income from that depending on your business model great um but all in all it's a it's a way to expose your brand to so many more people i love that men- mentality because it feels like what goes against the consistency piece is that business owner who says you know i'm going to post for the next week every day um or um i had one person who told me i'm going to post once a month and i was like okay you might as well not even post but you know, someone says I'm going to post every day for the next week, and then they look at their revenue and they say, "Okay, I didn't make any money, so it was a waste of time." And it, it's hard, I think, for the business owner because, especially for the small business owner who were so were so cash flow intensive, it's hard to see the big picture of that brand exposure piece and not see it as, "Well, I didn't bring in direct dollars, so it must be a waste of time." Um, and it does feel like we're we're misusing social media in that way. So, yeah, I agree with you definitely. I think that would be a lot of people and a lot of small businesses take the wrong approach, and you expect an immediate return from social media. And as great as it uh, thinks, uh, as it looks, it's definitely not the way of thinking about it. Well, I got to ask, what's what you mentioned uh, using all sorts of social media platforms. Uh, in addition to maybe even the, um, uh, the the more mainstream ones, do you have a favorite social media platform? I'm definitely an Instagram fan. I love the I love scrolling through the pictures and um, the stories as well. Um, I'm personally not a, a very big Twitter fan, but Twitter is great for for news uh, and and big content pieces as well. So it's important. But my favorites would be Instagram and and Facebook, the very yeah. old and loved Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's 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 funny because it does feel like everyone has their natural platforms that they really appreciate, they really enjoy. Um, for people who are listening, who maybe they have their favorite platform and they're posting on that platform, but they're not really using the other platforms. They're not using Twitter. They're not using LinkedIn. Uh, maybe they're not even using Facebook, which would be a bit silly if they're all already on Instagram. What advice do you have for the business owner who wants to get on more platforms, but they're exhausted at the idea of what I got to make more content? Do I have to create more posts? Like this is really tiring. I don't have time for this. Um, how can someone do that really well? Well, uh, the, the mistake that people do is to think that you have to create very unique content for each platform. And it's actually, it's definitely not a copy and paste. Um, we we never advise our clients to to link all your accounts to each other. And when it's posted on one, then it gets posted on all of the platforms because they do all talk in their own language. But the exact same content can be carried over to the other platforms. So if you are already creating content for Instagram, 
can you might as well just share it to your Facebook, just um, add a little bit on the caption, broaden out a little bit or like that. Instagram, uh, um, yeah, Insta LinkedIn, just make it a little bit more business orientated. Twitter, just a shorter uh, caption with hashtags and change the handles. It's, it's, it's once again, it's that overthinking part of um, I have to create brand new content for each platform and it just feels too much. I mean, it, you can simply use the same content, just adapt it a little bit and then use it on all the different platforms. Well, it's a great insight and why and we are, why, excuse me, via I'm running out of time, excuse me. For some of the last bits of information we can share with our listeners, um, for people who've been hesitant maybe to jump in the digital world, with COVID, do you feel like digital is only going to grow from here? Does, is it time if we've been holding back to really jump into the digital game or um, are we able to keep being stubborn and ignore it and stay in our own little circle? No, it's definitely it's it's definitely a time for change. Um, if if it hasn't been if you haven't um, taken this serious yet, then the time is now. You it's it's almost too late. It's never too late, but it's almost too late. <laughs> um, <laughs> the digital world is getting transformed day by day, and you have to just jump on on that carriage. I love it. Great advice. Uh, Vian, what, what, for people who are listening, who they're loving what they're listening to, they want to follow you on social media, but maybe they even want to work with you. What does that look like? What do they do? Yeah, that would be great. Please follow us on, on social media, all types of platforms at, at the marketing zoo. Our website is marketingzoo.net. And yeah, please reach out to us. Uh, we've, we work with people internationally from, from everywhere. The one thing that is that uh, has a golden line pulled through it in the world is, is marketing. Um, so we can, always, we can always help you. But please follow us on all social platforms. Vian, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much, Blake. It was so much fun. Thanks a lot. Hey, for our listeners, I'm going to put the link to the marketingzoo.net down in the episode description below. I'll also put the link to uh, the Instagram handle at the marketing zoo. So you make sure you check that out. And hey, if you enjoyed this episode and you're enjoying the podcast, what the heck are you waiting on? Click that subscribe button, click that follow button so you can keep getting good advice wherever you are. And hey, if you really appreciate the podcast, don't forget we're on Patreon. You can go to our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash good advice where you can support the podcast. You can even get your business advertised on the podcast. Again, it's patreon.com slash good advice. Thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you later. We'll see you.